Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast presented by AT&T. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce, and my guest today is Mervin Jebaraj. He is the director for Center of the Center for Business and Economic Research at the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. And today we're going to be talking about the local economy, the state economy, things that are impacting it, housing, uh, what can be done. You know, we even get a little bit into uh, into tariffs uh, about the certainty that that creates within our business community and how that has an, an impact on jobs and job creation, uh, not just in Northwest Arkansas and the state, but also around the, the nation as a whole. So we hope you enjoy this episode of the Chamber Voice of Business prod- podcast presented by AT&T. Well, Mervin, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule to uh, participate on the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. And uh, as, as the director for the Center of Business and Economic Research, maybe could you explain a little bit about uh, what, what your agency does and, and kind of, you know, the, the history behind it for those that might not be familiar? Yeah. The Center for Business and Economic Research has been here in one form or the other since about the 1940s. And, you know, we've existed uh, as you know, part of the land grant mission of the University of Arkansas, we provide uh, economic forecasting and consulting services to the entire state of Arkansas. And so, before the internet existed, you know, the federal government would send data about the state to us, and we would analyze the data and make reports that you know policymakers and businesses could use to make their decisions. And since the internet, uh, you know, no longer send data to us, but we still analyze all the data pertaining to Arkansas and uh, work with public policy actors, whether that's government, the state government, uh, county, city governments across the state, uh, small and large businesses, nonprofits and chambers and other economic development agencies in helping make better decisions regarding economic development questions for the entire state. And another piece of what we do is also do public presentations about Arkansas's economy and regional economies in Arkansas because uh, that's a service that you don't really get a lot of. You know, If you want to find information about the national economy, there are a lot of places you can find that. But if you want to get state-specific information or region-specific information, where um, that's you know that's a service that we provide to the entire state. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can definitely hear a lot about the national unemployment rate and, and job growth and those reports there. But it is sometimes hard to find the, the local stuff. Um, you you do do a quarterly analysis where you kind of do a luncheon or a breakfast and and talk about kind of what's going on in the region and the state and kind of compare. Uh, what what's going on around the area? Uh, what what are some highlights from the most recent one that you just did? Yeah, we do uh, several luncheons in a year. We used to do breakfast, but as the demographics of uh, this region changes, uh, the breakfast is no longer popular. No, no, nobody likes getting up early. Uh, nobody <laughs> likes getting up and showing up at a business uh, meeting at seven a.m. Yeah, in the morning. Well, I, so I've we do been to plenty of those. <laughs> that's right. So we do luncheons now, and even that's uh, not as popular as it could be. So maybe we might start doing uh, business happy hours. Oh, hey, that, that, that you get a crowd all around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we do these uh, programs several times a year where we talk about the economy, how it's doing in Arkansas and several regions. And uh, in the most recent one that we just talked about, uh, how Arkansas's economy was doing, obviously the economy is still growing. We still see that in a variety of different economic indicators. Uh, but it's not growing as fast as it did in 2017 or 2016 or 2015. In fact, from 2014 to 20, late 2017, roughly about November, uh, when you measure employment on a year-over-year basis, say from November 2017, uh, the growth from November 2016 to November 2017, the state was adding, on average, in each of those months from 2014, about 10,000 jobs. So you're looking at an annual basis, the state adding more than 10,000 jobs. Mm-hmm. 
And those jobs weren't concentrated in just the metro areas in the state. They were also across the rural areas across the state. So broad-based employment growth in a lot of different sectors, in manufacturing, construction, leisure, hospitality, and importantly, in professional business services. Those mm-hmm. are your kind of white-collar jobs, your engineers, your lawyers, your accountants. Right. Uh, those types of jobs that pay really well. And that was growing for the entire state for a variety of different regions across the state. So since about November 2017, that's kind of tapered off. Uh, the growth is no longer above 10,000 jobs uh, on a year-over-year basis. It's now down under 10,000, roughly averaging about six or so, six, five, six thousand uh, so, so a dip, but still adding, still growing, it's still adding, just, just not at the same the, level. Right, but the issue, I think, is that it's no longer broad-based growth. So if you're looking at the composition of where that employment growth is happening, it's happening in just the metro areas. So mm-hmm. the metro areas are adding 12,000 jobs, and the non-metro areas are subtracting 6,000 jobs from it. Mm-hmm. And then the state as a whole ends up with a net 6,000 jobs. So even among the metro areas, it's not evenly all six metro areas you know, when I say metro areas, I mean Northwest Arkansas, Jonesboro, Central Arkansas, Hot Springs, Fort Smith, and Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. Of those, consistently, only Central Arkansas, Jonesboro, and Northwest Arkansas add jobs. Right. And, you know, Northwest Arkansas adds 6,000 or so jobs on average. Right. Well, I think uh, I heard Jones, it once. Right. Jonesboro adds about 1,200, 1,500 jobs, and uh, Central Arkansas adds somewhere between 2,500 to 3,000 jobs. You put those three things together, that's pretty much on a year-over-year basis since 2017, all the job growth. Right, yeah, so I, I've, I've heard that before. 6,000 net jobs created in the state. That means the other metro regions and the non-metro, the rural parts of the state, lost thousands of jobs. Yeah. So, um, so yes, the economy is still growing, but it's no longer growing in such a way that it's growing for the entire state, and I think that is a little bit concerning. Instead of being broad, it, it's more right. concentrated than just those those three areas. Right. Yeah, I, I can see how that could... I mean, it's great for us because we're continuing Absolutely. to grow, but for the yes. state as a whole, it, it definitely can be some warning signs. Um, what is that like a national trend that you see, or is that more just are we kind of a unique thing in, in a state in terms of our metro areas are growing jobs, but the rural are, are not for 2018? I think, you know, Arkansas more than other states is less urban than uh, most of the states we compare ourselves to, mm-hmm. with the exception of Mississippi, probably. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we don't really want to do comparisons with Mississippi all the time. <laughs> uh, Understandable. But, you're right. So, you know, when you think about job growth in general and where it has been, it has been concentrated in metro areas across the country, so it's not a particularly Arkansas-specific story. Uh, the issue is that we tend to be a lot more rural than several of our neighbors or neighboring states and several of the states across the country. And so when that growth is no longer happening in a broad-based level, it tends to concentrate in the metro areas. Um, there are, you know, not... It doesn't affect as many people as it should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to consider what policies we impose in the state, uh, make sure that what we're doing does not affect the growth that is happening in the metro areas, and give people the opportunity to seek out those employment opportunities in the metro areas. Right, yeah, and you mentioned policy, and I know, you know, our chamber, we kind of lead, lead the effort for the Northwest Arkansas regional agenda, but we work in close cooperation with the state chamber to make sure that we're not trying to push policies that are going to necessarily hurt other areas of the state we want we want to make sure we're all we're all playing in the same sandbox so we want to be you know nice nice with each other so um you know looking at northwest arkansas on a whole i mean where do you see the development happening i know we've we've seen a lot of multifamily in the past couple years and still have plans i'm going to a city planning meeting where we're going to address another multifamily issue here soon um you know do you see that kind of being the, the the growth factor on the residential side of it or do you are we still seeing lots of single families 
Um, we're seeing a lot of single-family homes, but certainly when you think about the scale of projects, the multifamily homes attract a lot of uh, attention because of you know the size of those uh, developments. Uh, but they're a very important part of the mix here in Northwest Arkansas because you know you have a lot of people moving to the region. Uh, we're adding about twelve thousand people in a year. Uh, Seventy, close to seventy percent of that growth is people moving in, not people being born right. here. So they don't already live in housing. They need to find new housing mm-hmm. here. And, uh, you know, it is important for all of the people coming in to be able to find homes that are close to their jobs and, importantly, to all the amenities because the reason people come here uh, primarily is for a job. But they're not just coming here for the job because there are jobs in several cities across the country. Right. Uh, so if they're coming here for a job, it's also because of the amenities that we have here, whether that's the museums, the restaurants, bars, the breweries, and all the bike trails and parks and things like that. Uh and if they're moving here for the job and those amenities and they kind of want to live close by to those things and, um, you know, we can't just build single-family homes to satiate all that demand, uh, it's going to be multifamily properties. And it can't just be rentals, but it's got to be, you know, multifamily units that are for ownership as well. Yeah, condos, brownstones, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, we haven't really done a whole lot of that in North Shark, and that's not a model of housing that's really made its way here. But I think given our growth, that might be something that we need to look forward in the future or even denser single family developments that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, huge lots with large yards. People yeah, might the, want the, yards, but not want to really deal with the, the, the two acre lots two acre, and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maintain a riding lawnmower and all of that stuff to uh, deal with it. So I think, you know, we're going to look at a variety of different uh, housing types uh, to satiate the demand, and it's important to pay attention to that now because over the last five years in Rogers, um, uh, the price of single-family homes, the average price has climbed about $50,000, which is, you know, quite significant. As someone getting ready to sell, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> as you are, but uh, but then you'd have to turn around and buy. So exactly. all the money you make goes right back. You're exactly. You're not going to make uh, a whole lot of money off of it. Um, and for people coming in, when you think about where people are coming into Northwest Arkansas from the the bulk of the people moving into Northwest Arkansas are coming from other parts of the state and they're coming from surrounding states in Oklahoma and Missouri and Texas um, and these states don't have particularly expensive housing right and so our average home price is getting to be on par with some of these large metro areas mm-hmm. in our neighboring states so uh, one of the selling points, in addition to the amenities and the jobs that we have here in Northwest Arkansas, is that we have a low cost of living. The biggest component of that low cost of living is housing. Right. And so we need to address um, it's, how it's fast slowly home prices up, yeah. are going up mm-hmm. because we don't want, you know, once once everything gets built and your home prices are expensive, it gets near impossible to go back and fix it. Right. And now, while we're still growing and we have time to fix it, is the time to actually make decisions about what kind of housing, where we're building it, and what price levels they should be at, uh, so as to cater to a broad segment of the uh, people moving in and the people still living here so that they don't get displaced and uh, you know build that kind of resentment between people coming in, people that are, have always yeah. been a part of Northwest Arkansas. Well, so. And you start to see a little bit of that. Right. You know, I don't want to call out any any areas in particular, but I mean, you do, you do definitely see some of the you know houses that were eighty ninety thousand dollars are now selling for four or five hundred thousand. You know, around some concentrated downtown areas, and um, you know, I, I can definitely see how that can become a, a problem real quickly as you're displacing families or you know pushing the as the the younger population 
population continues to move here for, for career opportunities and they're not ready to purchase a home, but it's be unable to purchase a home eventually because uh, when they're ready because of the price points. Yeah, I mean, you think about the people in Northwest Arkansas, the median age of this entire region is about 33. That means half the people are below the age of 33. And the biggest segment of the population is somewhere between 25 and 40. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about, you know, millennial market, a lot of first-time home buyers, a lot of them are buying homes later than previous generations have. So that 25 to 40-year-old range is, by and large, where a lot of them are often buying their first homes. And uh, when you think about uh, what is affordable, uh, your median income in North Arkansas is about 51000 or so dollars, and you know, two and a half to three times of that is considered affordable. Uh, that's only hundred and fifty something right. thousand dollar yeah. homes, and your average price is at two hundred fifty thousand. Then you're definitely pricing a lot of these first time home buyers out of the market, and really there aren't a whole lot of homes being built above under two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars to begin with. So, uh, even first time home buyers that are buying homes are buying at three, four, or five times the median income, um, and they're therefore cost burdened on that particular piece, which then leaves fewer dollars to you know, go to restaurants and other businesses right. around the area as well. So you'll start seeing a less vibrant economy if we don't address how much of people's paychecks are going towards housing. That, that is a fascinating point. I mean, for a numbers nerd like me, I love I love hearing all that deep dive in the mm-hmm. data. Like, that. that's fascinating. Um, kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, we, we've had, recently we had the Poultry Federation in town. We have LPGA. We, we've had FLW in years past. Um, the, the Daisy Air Gun Championships. I mean, tourism is really starting to emerge merge, you know, with Crystal Bridges kind of being the, the catalyst of that, you know, how, how much of an impact does tourism play uh, w- within the economy of Northwest Arkansas? As we're starting to see, you know, Bentonville just announced a new hotel for downtown. Rogers has a new hotel getting ready to go under construction. I mean, w- what, what impact do you see that playing? I mean, there are definitely several pieces. We love tourism dollars, these dollars coming from outside the region and being spent here and support uh, a lot of the different pieces of uh, economic development that we like to see. So, you know, when you think about restaurants and bars and these kind of places, the business tends to be a little bit slower in the summer. Mm-hmm. And it's great to have the impact of tourism here because when we used to not have all of these amenities like Crystal Bridges and all of these different things. And, and Top Golf coming next yeah, year. Yeah, and Top like, Golf yeah. and all of these things. It's like, you know, where people, you lost people from Northwest Arkansas going to other places, to mm-hmm. Dallas, to right. Oklahoma City or St. Louis or Kansas City or one of these places for their summer entertainment. Right. Uh, not only are we keeping a lot of Northwest Arkansas residents here and, you know, getting their summer spending because there's a lot of different things you could do in your summers here in Northwest Arkansas if you have small children. Yep. But we're also getting tourism dollars from these regions. So even if people from Northwest Arkansas who can go to Crystal Bridges anytime they want right. uh, can go to Rogers downtown and Springdale downtown and Fayetteville downtown anytime they want mm-hmm. are still going to Dallas and whatever else for their summers. Of course. We're bringing a lot of... The, other people from Dallas and all of these places here to spend their summers in Northwest Arkansas, ride the bike trails, uh, paddle around in one of Mm -hmm. our uh, many streams, kayak parks, whatever it is, and, you know, walk around our downtowns, check out our craft breweries and all of these things. So it's a very important part of that mix, especially for the summer economy here in Northwest Arkansas, which used to be a lot quieter. And now we have a vibrant economy going there, so we have an all-season economy than uh, we used to in previous years, and I think that's very important. Both, I, I like that phrase, all-season economy. All-season economy, awesome. that's right. 
<laughs> That's a great thing. Um, you know, looking at that, I mean, what would you say, is there anything one in particular draw? I mean, obviously you can point to Crystal Bridges, but is there is there any other thing that's just, this is it? Like, is it mountain biking? Is it is it the lake? I mean, what, I think what is the draw? it's all of these things put together, right? So we've put together an amenity mix that is probably unrivaled for regions our size, you know, for... A, we don't really have a big city, per mm -hmm. se, in our region. It's a series of different cities. Right. Um, regionally, our population is over a half a million, but a lot of regions we compare ourselves to are anchored by one big city, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't really have that. The Austin, but, the Denver. Right? Yeah. Or you're talking about Dallas and the metro area, but there's at least a Dallas to talk right. about, right? Um, but we don't really have that. But what we've done really well is strategically invest in the kinds of amenities that are really popular. Um, and so when you talk about the museum, uh, both... Crystal Bridges and for children, the Amazium or the lake that you have mm -hmm. here in Rogers, or the bike, mountain biking trails, the hard surface trails that are not for hardcore mountain bikers, but just people who want to pedal along right. for a few miles recreationally, uh, hiking trails that are within reach of Northwest Arkansas and within Northwest Arkansas as mm -hmm. well. You have all of the stuff in just east of us around the Buffalo National right. uh, River. Yeah. Hop and State Park, Hop Devil's State Den. Park yeah. and Devil's Den. But you can use Northwest Arkansas as your base right. to kind of, you know, you have you could go do a nice four or five mile hike somewhere in the Buffalo, come back and eat at a really nice restaurant, stay at nice hotels, and have a nightlife. Mm -hmm. Check out the craft breweries. So we have uh, a superb level of amenities that, I, as a resident, enjoy, and, you know, I can go hike on these trails and enjoy all of these too, but if you're looking for a vacation spot that has a variety of different things to do and isn't particularly expensive place to go to, um, it might be a little hot and humid, but you can get around uh, Northwest Arkansas fairly easily. And well, you, well, you said it. It's an all-season economy. That's we right. get all seasons in Northwest Arkansas. You know, we kind of missed out on the spring season this year, but it, I think it, we'll yeah. need to get back to having four seasons, which used to be a big selling yeah, point for exactly, Northwest Arkansas. Exactly. Um, looking kind of on a, on a national scope, you know, we, we've seen a lot of talk about, you know, potential trade wars and tariffs and, and things going there. You know, not, not to get political and get your views on that. Just I'm just curious, what, what what do you see could be a potential impact, um, you know, if any, for, for businesses in Northwest Arkansas and for the state? I mean, uh, without even getting political, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an economist that is in, uh, in favor of trade, lower trade barriers and more trade between countries because it provides, you know, generally a lot of benefits across mm -hmm. the board to both countries involved in trade. Yes, uh, some people do lose out jobs from trade. Um, but the problem with that has always been figuring out what to do with them, not that we shouldn't trade. It's how do you retrain right. or uh, figure out what opportunities are available for those workers. So it's not the issue of trade. It's what the policy that goes with it to address it, yeah, yeah. some of the drawbacks. Uh, but in general, the country, both countries usually come out ahead. So what I find concerning about all of this is that, you know, we had a lot of momentum and business uh, uh optimism coming out of 2017 with a lot of policy changes, in particular the tax cuts that went through at the end of 2017. You saw a lot of that, you know, people were expecting a lot of business momentum to continue through 2018 and 2019 from those tax cuts. But it's one thing to give somebody a tax cut, they have the opportunity to invest that money in the growth of the business. But a lot of times that growth depends on either imports or exports. Mm -hmm. And when that picture is highly uncertain as it is now, uh, businesses tend to sit on their investment dollars rather than spend it. And right. I think you know, now we have that opportunity where interest rates are still kind of low. 
uh, the Federal Reserve just raised rates again between one and three quarters and two, mm-hmm. probably raise rates at least maybe one or two more times this year, probably two more times this year. So the rates are going up. So business right. investment is going to get more expensive. So people, you would have expected a lot more of the tax cuts to get used as business investment in 2018, in 2019. But a lot of that is being delayed and held up because of uncertainty mm-hmm. around trade and tariffs both in the imports, because just about all of our businesses, our supply chains, they're all tied up with other countries. There's right. not any product anymore that's made just in one country or the other country. Parts come from... Or raw materials raw materials or something. Parts yeah. or some piece of it. You know, airplanes are not made in one state or one city. They're right. made all over the world. Parts come in and are reassembled in different countries, and so it's really just assembly, yeah. right? I mean, people make different parts, and well, the, I mean, the, the airplane Daisy's is just a perfect assembled. example of that, right. absolutely, here in Rogers. So, you know... We can't undo that. We don't want to undo that. There are reasons why the supply chain is built that mm-hmm. way. But the introduction of tariffs from the United States on steel and aluminum, now and additional uh, goods from China and the retaliatory tariffs from Canada, Mexico, and the right. European Union, uh, means that there's a whole lot of uncertainty to businesses, especially you know, manufacturing has done fairly well in uh, both Arkansas and the rest of this country since the recession mm-hmm. ended. Obviously, we're never going to get back to the kinds of manufacturing jobs that we used to have in the 70s and 60s. And that has a lot to do with automation right, that has as much as anything. mostly to do with automation than anything else, but now we're affecting even that resurgence in manufacturing right. from all of this uncertainty. So I am worried that the longer we play this out, you know, we've announced and done these tariff announcements and exemptions and uh, announcements the, and other the, the exemptions the, the, the since exemptions March. of the exemptions. Right. And, yeah. uh, and that has essentially delayed a lot of business investment. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, businesses want certainty in policy. You want to know that if you've agreed to import whatever raw material that you need or part that you need to manufacture whatever good that you're making, that you can continue to get that and it isn't suddenly facing a tariff or that you are making a specific, you need to talk about making cars. You know, parts of cars are made in different states and different countries and then assembled in Mexico. Right. But that part is made for a particular car maker and no one else. Mm -hmm. These are long-term contracts, right? So if you're making ball bearings for a particular machine, it's for that particular machine. You can't just find another buyer because they're retaliatory tariffs. Or steel wire for for tires, which is a local company here in Rogers. (laughs) So you can't just find because you've made a contract to build a very specific product for a certain tire manufacturer. It's not immediately substitutable. Right. And when you do that, you know, you're talking about job losses, business loss, and, you know, you negate the impact of those tax cuts that you've had. So I think, and you kind of need the tax cuts to really work and grow the economy because we need some way to pay for those tax cuts as well that we're talking about. Well, and that was the, um, that was the assumption that it was done right. of, yeah. you know, the so business growth will offset right. the, the loss in revenue. I think there were some uh, business growth, I mean, economic growth targets in there above 3% that many people thought was probably unlikely. Right. It's certainly unlikely now that we've introduced so much uncertainty into the economy, but we need that uh, 3% plus growth to pay for a trillion dollars in deficits mm-hmm. or else, you know, we're just going to have to eat the deficit and right. the consequences of that. Man, it, it's fascinating stuff just to hear you. I, I could listen all day, but I want to be respectful of your time and, and you know, do appreciate you coming in today. Do you have any uh, any final final thoughts or anything you'd like to like to, to mention before we, you know, any, any books coming out or, or anything like that? <laughs> uh, you know, there are probably a lot of books coming out, but I'd say probably it's most important for business leaders across the state and this region to get involved. Uh, 
both around issues of housing regionally, but also to talk to your elected representatives about tariffs and trade and how that affects your particular business and how right. that type of certainty and policy is very important for economic growth. And we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot here by uh, introducing some short-sighted policies that don't work out in the long run. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mervin. I appreciate you coming in today. Thank and you for uh, this me. has been the uh, Chamber Voice of Business podcast presented by AT&T. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you.